passage. We're continuing on in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark. We're still in chapter one. Mark's going to be, uh, excuse me, Todd's going to be closing out our study of chapter one, starting at verse 40. So you might already be there in your Bible today, but I want to read that text for you today. Chapter one of the gospel of Mark, starting at verse 40 to the re uh, rest of the chapter. And a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Moved with pity, compassion, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly charged him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded for a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town but was out in desolate places, and people were coming to him from every quarter. Father, open our ears and the eyes of our hearts to see you today very clearly from this passage. Open us up, Lord, to see you and to draw close to you together as one people and to be changed by the, the message from this passage that you've shared with Todd's heart today. Help us to see you clearly, to be changed by what we can learn today together. Thank you for bringing us here. We pray this humbly in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. To say my life changed that day would be a gross understatement. Do you know what it was like for me to be a leper? I was the outcast of outcasts. Ever since my diagnosis, I was living in the garbage dump, scrounging for food like a wild animal. Every time I would venture away from the dump, the chorus would begin. I was already letting people know I was coming, but I would be joined by them with their song that no one would want to hear. The chorus was a collection of angry people shouting, unclean, unclean. Then they would usually shout unclean things at me, telling me to get away right now. Why did they have to do that? Wasn't that stupid bell around my neck enough warning? Hopelessness, loneliness, despair. These are the words that should have been written on that bell around my neck. Because I was putting them on display all the time. I had only heard rumors of people being healed. But I never really believed them even though I wanted to be healed more than anything else in the world. So when I heard that he was here, it was as if the rest of the world no longer existed. 
I didn't care about the unclean chorus this time. I only needed to get to him. I was, I was not rehearsing what I would say. In fact, I felt like I was not in charge of my own voice when I finally was able to say something. All I remember at that moment was the look on his face when he saw me. It was the first time I had been looked at without judgment and anger since what seemed like forever ago. I felt as if love actually existed and that someone actually loved me when he looked at me with those eyes. I can't even describe how much those eyes said to me. And I can't describe what came over me. At that very moment, I knew in my heart that he had the power to heal me. I just didn't know what to say. My words were, were stumbling inside my mouth, and my, my legs actually stumbled too. Before I knew what I was doing, I was kneeling. Now it seems so natural to do that now that I think about it, because I knew he was powerful. I knew he was loving. I knew he could heal me. I just did not know if he would. So I said it. If you will, you can make me clean. Then it was as if heaven came to earth in that moment. He could have said no. Well, he could have said yes and then said be healed. But instead... He did something that caused me to hear the crowd again. He reached out and touched me. The gasp from the unclean choir was unprecedented. The, the warmth, oh, the warmth of this touch was something I had forgotten. I had a flash of memories of my childhood and the warmth of mom's touch and dad's hug. But this was different. This was powerful, literally powerful. I felt his power penetrate my skin. And then I heard his voice penetrate my heart when he said the words that I will never forget. I will. Friends, this is not just a feel-good story about a healing. This passion, or portion of Scripture in Mark 1 is the account of the entire gospel wrapped up into like five verses. It truly is. People look at 1 Corinthians 15, um, Three and four, uh, that which I've, I've heard, I, I pass on to you, that, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. They refer to that two-verse section in 1 Corinthians 15 as the gospel in a nutshell. And I say, no, it's not. That's the truth of the gospel. This right here, this passage is the gospel in a nutshell. And it is this gospel which we must remain 
tethered to, constantly coming back to see who God is and to see who he is calling us to be in him. So what do we see when we look at this gospel? Well, we see there's a lot to learn from the people involved. We see this leper. We can, we can learn a lot from this guy. We don't know his name. We don't know his heritage. We don't know anything else other than the fact that he had leprosy. Now, this, this narrative is found in Luke chapter 5. It's also found in Matthew chapter 8. And in Luke's account of this, of this narrative, he says that he was full of leprosy. This was a man who was so stricken with leprosy that obviously Leviticus chapter 13 had to apply to him. And that was the... That was the, the instructions we have in the Old Testament of what do you do with somebody who has this very uh, contagious disease? There were very strict rules of how he was to be avoided. The leper was unclean, and no one was to touch him or be touched by him. So that is why by the first century, by this time that this happened, the practice was that a leper would have to warn people of his coming by wearing a bell around his neck and actually shouting, unclean anytime he would go in public but usually not shouting it alone so as to keep people from contracting this contagious disease and because of this we see something fascinating about this leper and his approach to Christ his approach to Christ that day we could just call it what it is crazy scandalous But he was desperate. Had he gone to any religious leader at that time, the practice for them would be to avoid him and rebuke him. Yet here he comes in his desperation, showing his understanding of his own need. He did not have the luxury of putting himself above others. Let me unpack that for a little bit. Is it really a luxury? For us to put ourselves above others. Actually, truth be told, he was not duped into thinking that he could put himself above others. And he expressed his lack of self-sufficiency, which is exactly what God wants for each one of us. We see that in Matthew chapter 5, in what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, the first two verses of what, what are known as the Beatitudes, where Jesus is sharing about those who are blessed. He's talking about, the first of all, the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Does that mean God blesses people who walk around in sackcloth and ashes and are just like hanging their heads and they're like Eeyore on, on Winnie the Pooh? Is that what God, God desires for us? No, that's not what this is about. Blessed are the poor in spirit, those who recognize their need, those who acknowledge their spiritual bankruptcy. Blessed are those who mourn, those who regret the spiritual bankruptcy and confess their sin before the Lord. So his expression of his lack of self-sufficiency is exactly what God wants for each one of us too. And he shows here a pattern of surrendering his self-sufficiency, which is so counter-cultural. Because culture is constantly pushing us to self-advancement, 
self-worship, self-glorification. In fact, if we were honest with each other, we'd have to admit that's crept into the church. I'm sure many of us have heard people say, well, the Lord helps those who help themselves. Where is that written in Scripture? Absolutely. It's a flat-out lie. God calls us to let go of self-sufficiency. But there's, there's a tension here, though. Let's think about this. In, in, in the letter to the Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul writes and says, the, well, let him who, who does not work not eat. So, so we're hearing instruction, and we see all throughout Proverbs, we shall be planners, we shall be stewards, we, we shall be providers. What does God want? He wants us busy and advancing ourselves? Because that's what some of Scripture says, but, but then we're supposed to, we're supposed to uh, be dependent. Well, which one is it? The truth is God wants us to be good stewards. And the key word for us is the word acknowledgement. To acknowledge where it all comes from and to surrender it for its true purpose, which is to bring glory to his name. We learn from this leper through his example that this can be done. And for this man, forsaking the ridicule of the crowd, he went right where he needed to go. But even greater than the fact that he went is the way that he approached Jesus. He acknowledged who Jesus is. With humility, he requested his heart's desire. Now keep in mind, humility is not thinking less of yourself. Some people in their attempt to be humble are actually bringing more attention upon themselves. Oh, I'm the worst at this. And it sounds like they're fishing for a compliment. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. The root word for humility is the same word for the bridle on a chariot horse, showing us that it is power under control or power surrendered. And we can see that in James chapter 3, verse 3, talking about the tongue being bridled, the power that is surrendered, the power that is under control. Humility. And the leper showed this type of surrender in humility in the way he approaches Jesus. He does it by kneeling before the Almighty. The true sign of surrender. And, 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 and confessing with his mouth who Jesus is. You can heal me, if you will. Stating that Jesus could if he would so choose. Once again, acknowledging. Acknowledging that Jesus is able to cleanse. Now it's interesting, we see what happened when Jesus actually reached out and touched him. And said, I will be clean. Sadly, this leper followed the same path that we see just earlier in, in Mark chapter 1 of the man who had been delivered from the demons. In, in other narratives in the Gospels, this man who had been delivered by demons was strictly told by Jesus not to, not to run out and tell people. But he did. And in the same way, the leper runs and he, and he does this. He runs and he tells everybody. He does not go to the priest as Jesus told him to. His powerful display of humility ended at this time because in his excitement, suddenly he made his healing about himself rather than about 
obedience to Christ. Well, we can learn a lot about Christ in this moment, too. First of all, in the fact that he stood in the presence of a leper. Better yet, he touched him. In his commentary on Mark, Ronald Kernigan said, By observing the stipulations and rituals of the law, a priest could declare someone clean. Yet Jesus was not a priest. He had no particular standing in the temple. And he was operating outside the guidelines of the law. For Jesus to heal the leper on these terms is to put himself above the law and priests. To which we all say, well, he was. <laughs> which he is. Yes, that is true. And in doing so, Christ showed that he was above the law, but not as a rebel that came to seek and destroy the law, but rather as the one who was able to fulfill the law while destroying the con condemnation that the law brought by itself. All the while, Jesus could have easily stood off in the distance. He could have been shouting the healing from the other side of the courtyard. Because he had healed people not even in, in sight. He had healed the centurion's servant. Not even going right to where this guy was. Instead, Christ showed the perfect compassion by touching this leper and showing us that God is not some uninvolved deity who just created us and say, yeah, someday I'll see you in heaven. Okay, don't mess it up too bad. No. God is the God of connection. And he is so desiring a connection with us that he would go to such great lengths to reach us. In fact, he did, which is what the incarnation, Christ coming to the earth, is all about. Going from heaven to the womb. Have you stopped to think about that? I mean, he could have just showed up one day as a child, but he goes from the throne, the almighty throne of heaven, to the womb, to being inside another human. And he could have sped up that process. And said, nine months is a little bit long. I mean, let's just make this, you know, maybe uh, nine weeks. So that'd be quite, the, anyway, we won't go there. But it, instead, he goes from heaven to the womb, to a barn, to, to this, to the disciples who make that show, the swamp people, look like those people are Harvard-educated compared to the disciples. I mean, it's just, you know, you think about it, it was not the cream of the crop. To the cross, to the tomb, to the doubters, to the mount, and back to heaven, showing us that he is willing to go wherever, to whomever, to do whatever, however, in order to pay for our forever. So it is no surprise that our Lord and Savior was willing to reach out his hand and touch the unclean willingly. And to show this humble leper what it seems this leper already knew, that Jesus saves. 
We learn a lot from this leper. We learn a lot from Christ here. But what do we learn about ourselves? Wait, wait, this is about us? Yeah, (laughs) this is really about us. Not just about us, but it is truly about us. Because we are all lepers. We all have leprosy of the heart. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And our sinful nature is the leprosy that eats us from the inside out, like yeast that takes over the entire lump of dough. And because of our leprosy, the holy dwelling of our holy and perfect God is crying out, unclean, unclean, every time we would even think of coming into his presence. But to make all things new, Jesus put on our dirty skin. And he let us rip it apart in order to shed his precious blood so that we could be be declared clean. For a leper to be declared clean, he had to present himself to the priest. But isn't it beautiful that we have a high priest whose name is Love, who is constantly declaring us holy and clean to the Father? So here's the first big question of the day, my fellow lepers. Have you been declared clean by Christ? We often quote Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Today I want to introduce you to the new revised leper translation. But God, the holy, perfect, spotless creator, demonstrated his perfect, spotless love for us in this. While we were still unclean, dirty, wretched, gross, never deserving anything other than complete separation from the almighty lepers, Christ reached out and touched us with his precious, blood-dripping, nail-pierced hands and declared us clean forevermore. Amen. If this is not yet true in your heart, dear friend, you can be declared clean by the healer. John 1.12 says, Yet to all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That word received means to acknowledge. All those who acknowledged him and those who believed in his name put their complete trust in him. But in the leprosy translation, it reads this, Yet to all who received him, to those who kneeled with humility and declared to Christ, I know you can if you will. He gave the right to become clean and holy children of God. For those of us who have been declared clean by the Savior, here's the second tough question. Are we settling for living like lepers? Have we forgotten that from which we have been healed? Are we bored with our healing? God forbid. Oh, dear friends, let us kneel before the healer each and every day, confessing that he is the Lord of our lives and the Lord of each day. 
Yes, we can come to him with boldness because he tells us to. But let us also come to him with humility and worship, acknowledging him for who he is each and every time. And let us obey the healer. Just like he gave the instructions to the leper, he has given us instructions too. He's already declared us clean. We don't have to run, our, run off to the priest now to show him. But now our instructions are to go into the world and proclaim the good news, to make disciples, teaching them to obey all that he has commanded. Friends, unlike this leper, we cannot make this healing about us. We need to make this healing about him. And may every single day, may our hearts sing that sweet song. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. Do you know that one? And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know. He touched me and made me whole. Let us go and declare that, that that healing is for everyone. And let us praise the Almighty God who loves us enough to call us his own. Have you ever wondered if this leper was there the day Christ gave the Great Commission? When he was up on the mount, it said that there were, his disciples came, and not just, not just the, 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 the you know, 11 that were remaining. There were many people who had seen him, many who were testifying that he had been risen. Perhaps one of them was this man who had been healed. How powerful would his testimony be? Truth be told, no more powerful and yours and mine. Because we too, if we are in Christ, have been healed of leprosy. So let's take this message of healing of spiritual leprosy to the leprous world by his grace and for his glory. Oh, Father in heaven, I thank you so much for your love for us. I thank you that you are the God of connection, of love, of touch, of the healing touch. I thank, so thankful, Lord, that in your holiness, your holy love has been so perfectly demonstrated in that while our hearts were so filled with leprosy, you gave your son to cleanse us. Lord, I beg of you, if there is anyone here who has not yet put their absolute trust in Christ as Lord and Savior, that the day that they would acknowledge that you can and know that you will by trusting in Christ. And for those of us who have been declared clean, Lord, may we walk as those who have been declared clean 
not putting ourselves above anybody else, but raising you up and making you famous. May we rejoice in this healing. Thank you so much for this, this beautiful narrative that shows us so much of your gospel. That we are unclean. But you are loving. Thank you. In Jesus' precious name.